But before we start into the season of Advent again, Happy Liturgical New Year, we might want to remind ourselves a little more as to why we have this time in the liturgical year anyway. It's not a season we often talk about. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about Lent. We obviously spend a lot of time talking about Christmas. We do big streamer celebrations for Pentecost. But when it gets to Advent, you just start to wonder, what is this here for in the first place? And the whole idea of Advent is to separate a time at the beginning of our year to, set us, to think about anticipation, to think about the one that, who, that is to come. But, of course, it's easy to wrap Advent solely then into Christmas. And it just feels like a drag, doesn't it? It feels like, well, do we really have to do more time waiting before we get to baby Jesus and presents and all of the fun stuff? Because if we wrap it solely into Christmas then, we have a tendency to skip right past it, to say, well, I guess we'll show up here on Sunday because that's what we do. We already know the outcome. We already know baby Jesus is going to come. And maybe we do the Holy Week thing every year, right? We do Monday, Thursday, and we do Good Friday, and we think about Holy Saturday, and maybe we have a little bit of willful suspension of knowledge of what's to come. Maybe we're willing to say, okay, I, I know that Easter is going to happen, Jesus is going to be resurrected, but I want to experience what it was like for the disciples as if they didn't know what was going to happen on Sunday. But here in Advent, we have to keep in mind that there's a two-fold gaze for us, an already-but-not-yet stare. In the already point of view, yes, we know that Jesus has come into the world. We know what's going to happen at the end of Advent. We are going to celebrate here at Christmas Eve. Be ready for that. We're going to have candlelights. We're going to sing joy to the world. Everything will be wonderful. And then we'll celebrate the newborn king. So yes, that's already happened. But we can't forget the not yet part to where Christ will return. We set aside these four weeks at the beginning of every liturgical year to remind ourselves that Christ is still yet to return. Advent helps us hear the voices of prophets who they themselves had to anticipate an indeterminate time when the Messiah comes so that we too can anticipate an indeterminate time for the second time. We hear those who went through it and were faithful so that we too can be faithful in this time. The prophets always carried a hope that in the end, things would work out right. And this in the fancy term is the eschatological hope, the hope in the end times and what will come about at the end of history. And so we spend a few weeks saying to ourselves that eventually everything's going to be made right. But every single Advent season, remember in the liturgical year we have three different years where we center on Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and this year we're in Luke, but every year this is or some variation on this theme is the very first Sunday that you hear. Things are bad, y'all. Stay awake. It rightfully begs the question to me, and I hope for you, is this what we're showing up for? It's funny, Charlie, that you said, well, why are we here? Because that's actually the theme today. Why are we here? 
Do we show up to church to just hear how bad things are? Every year to start out Advent, we get drawn into thinking about the world falling apart. Now, really think about this. If you're talking about New Year's Eve and you invite your friends, and 15 minutes before the, the ball drops, you say, now we're going to spend all the time talking about how this year was miserable. Now we're going to talk about how nothing worked the way it was supposed to, how the world is clattering to what seems like a roaring end. That will ruin any New Year's Eve party. You're not going to blow a streamer very hard at that point. And after all, we have enough of the bad stuff out there, don't we? Why do we want to bring it in here, in this sacred place, on a Sunday? And to answer that question, you probably need to ask why we're here at all. What is the point of us being here? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Why are you here? What causes you to come to church on Sunday or live stream it? on a Sunday, why do you show up? Now, admittedly, I get a little bit of an out because I could say I, it's how I get paid right now. But pastors often are afraid to ask this question for fear of the answer being, I don't really know. And then folks don't come back. We might not want to answer the question of why we're here in the first place because maybe we don't know or answers don't quite seem up to the effort. It's like the, why do you cut the end off of your turkey every year and you say, I don't know, and then you come to find it was because your grandmother had too short of an oven and she cut the end off and so you just did it out of habit. And sometimes that's our church reason, right? Well, I did it because my parents did it and my parents did it because... My grandparents did it. It's tradition. It might be nostalgia. It might be just because I got nothing else to do on a Sunday morning. And none of those really feel like something that makes it worth it to show up here and hear texts like this where Jesus is talking about how bad things are going to be and you just got to stay awake. So I understand why people are more apt to just skip this time, to sort of gloss over it and pretend it doesn't exist, because baby Jesus and presents are way more interesting, right? Why not spend four weeks talking about getting to baby Jesus? But I wonder what it's like for us to actually take Advent on its own terms, and that's the theme that we're going to use for this Advent season, Advent on its own terms. And I think if we take Advent on its own terms, it helps us to see that we're here because we are a supportive community of hope for what is coming, even if it's not here yet. Now, it's tempting for us as individuals and as churches to move in two directions when we show up here, why we're here. We try to hide from everything going on in the world and create some kind of genteel neutrality. Well, we don't really want you to have to feel like you got to take anything away from here. Just show up, feel good for 45 minutes to an hour, and go home. You got fantasy football and going out to eat. And that feels good. Maybe you get some bread and grape juice every few weeks. But you feel like you've done your rhythm. You've, you, you've done what you were supposed to do. But that kind of genteel neutrality already, even in that small description, 
feels hopelessly shallow. It doesn't feel like the type of thing that can help me live my life. It doesn't seem like the type of thing we can wrap a future around. It's just simply existing for the sake of existing. So some churches understandably try to take a different tact. We spend all our time constantly pushing up against the injustice that we see in the world. We grow headlong into all of the terrible things, treating our faith as a Sisyphean boulder that will never reach its final destination. And both of those seem terribly shallow. Instead, here in Luke, Jesus implores us to find a sober middle ground, that we shouldn't get caught up in a perpetual, perpetual hangover-inducing set of drinking bouts. That's actually what this word here means, this, this dissipation. It's a word I actually didn't know. It's sort of, you glance past it, but it actually is a specific type of drunkenness that is like, you know, you, you, you drink two or three or five too many, and you wake up with a headache the next day. That's dissipation. Jesus invites us not to get ourselves so excited or so bogged down into things that we're prone to these perpetual hangover-inducing drinking bouts or find ourselves buried only in the worries of what's happening. It's not the extremes that matter, dear friends. There's some sort of sober middle ground. Jesus invites us then to take heart that in the midst of difficult signs, in, mis in the midst of tough things happening, in the midst of a world hell-bent on colliding with itself in some dramatic explosion of difficulty, Jesus says that in the midst of all of those difficult signs, he is near. And that, my friends, is the definition of our Christian hope our eschatology. That there is, even on the first Sunday of our liturgical year, an eye towards a resolve in the end. That the world need not to be driven through in stupor or hypnotically, but engaged with hopefully. And these are not the only signs. Jeremiah himself, the other passage you heard today, in the midst of utter and complete devastation, wrote these words as people watched their families be carted away into slavery by the Babylonians. At this moment in the story of Jeremiah, the kingdom is lost. The world to the people of God has come to a frightful end, and Jeremiah himself, as he pens these words, is in prison during a foreign invasion. But in the midst of all of that, what we hear from the prophet, the one who had an indeterminate end when the Messiah would come, is a vision of hope. And we hear Jesus, of course, but the people would not have heard Jesus in Jeremiah's telling. But the people who would have heard Jeremiah's telling of what is to come would have seen the temple restored. They would have been able to return home. There was justice even in the midst of the chaos. And right when Luke 
was being written and these words were being put to pen. That same temple was being destroyed by the Roman occupiers in Israel. The good and the bad, the celebrations and the triumphs and the difficulties and the devastations. It's easy to want to camp in one side, but again, Jesus offers us a middle way. In the midst of whatever's happening, be reminded that Jesus is coming again, and the wrongs will be made right. So how do we live a little better into our Advent community? Well, I think the first thing is, is that we should, as often as we can, let our hearts imbibe imbibe just a little. There is, of course, a fine line between enjoying a glass of spiritual wine during a great meal and drinking so much that one goes into stupor. There is something worth celebrating even in the midst of crisis, in the midst of imprisonment and watching collapse, there is hope for something new. And if we don't offer ourselves a time to drink just a little, then all we see is devastation. But on the other side, we should find ourselves a little concerned about what's coming. As these next couple weeks unfold and we start to hear the stories from John the Baptist, we're reminded that there are still things to do because this world is unjust. But things are not how they should be. And instead of blithely passing it by, we need to engage it. There are ways that valleys need to be built up and mountains need to be torn down, as we'll talk about next week. But holding both sides is the only way that we can go through our day-to-day. Why we show up here is to hold both sides together. And here's the thing, if you had to do that by yourself, that would be incredibly difficult. You know, I'm sure many of you, at times, find it really hard in the darkest moments to see any light. That when things look like they're collapsing, to see something renewing, to see an eschatological hope, The best part of community is that we're not all in the same place at every given moment. Some of us are much more able to see the sunshine and the goodness and Jesus coming. We have our eyes solidly fixed on the horizon and can believe what's going to come. And some of us are just not there yet. The only way we hold both sides is if we do it in community and we don't try to do it alone. So friends, admittedly, this is part one of what will be four parts, so we'll leave it there. But I invite you for these four weeks as we will work furiously toward getting everything we need done for Christmas is to take this time in Advent on its own terms. Not as Christmas, not as baby Jesus but as a separate and meaningful anticipation to witness what is to come.
Thanks be to God.